Hello, and welcome to the Arkansas Center for Health Improvement's podcast, Wonks at Work. I'm Craig Wilson, your host, a self-declared wonk, dad of two boys, native Arkansan, and I've been the health policy director at the Arkansas Center for Health Improvement for more than a decade. On this show, we aim to demystify, boil down, and unwonk, if you will, complex topics so that you can understand how the healthcare system is working or not working for you. This is our 31st episode, and I'm so happy to have as my guest today the fantastical Sasha Spencer, who I actually just met about six weeks ago, but uh, I have quickly come to respect and admire her, and I am honored to share the Argenta Community Theater stage with her through July 30 in uh, Memphis the Musical. So uh, Sasha has actually served uh, as a Marine, is a music educator for the Little Rock School District, and is a cancer survivor, and we're going to get into that a little bit. So uh, I know you've seen enough of me recently, and, uh, enough more, more than you probably really want to. But uh, So Sasha, I told you, so this is kind of a line from the show, mm-hmm. I told you I was going to get you on my program, and here we are, right? <laughs> so welcome, <laughs> welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. All right. So um, before we get into the more serious stuff, I, uh, I want to know what keeps you busy when you're not on stage teaching at school. Oh my gosh, when I'm not on stage or teaching at school. Because I know I think, you can't stop. No, I think the, <laughs> hmm, I feel like I'm always in preparation for either one of those things. Yeah. So um, I spend a lot of time working out at the gym, yeah. um, decompressing, and then lesson planning or preparation for monologues, songs, and all that kind of stuff. So it's always kind of career-oriented what's happening in my free time. So how, how you, I, I know how you prepare for your for monologues and, and for dialogue for the show and we do that somewhat differently i've told you um i, I picture it in my head i i can see the the words mm-hmm. um and you do that very differently so how do you do that well i i say the lines over and over and i write them yeah. over and over until i can get every word verbatim the way that it's supposed <laughs> to be said and then um or and as i've actually always been told i keep doing it until i can't get it wrong <laughs> i i feel like that was a subtle dig at me the way it was supposed <laughs> to be said no. so uh, I, i'll take it i'll take no. it <laughs> all right so so i asked this of all of our guests what would you say is your theme song my theme song, I mean, I have a lot, but I think the one that I always go to is Mary J. Blige's um, Just Fine. Yeah. And I love the line that I wouldn't change my life. I'm just fine. I like what I see when I'm looking at me, when I'm walking, when I'm walking past the mirror. And it just is one of those songs that just lifts me up. And no matter what I've gone through or experienced, I know it's going to be just fine. fine. Yeah. (laughs) Good. All right. So um, first, for both of us, music and theater are are major parts of our lives. But how would you say that impacts health and well-being for, for us as adults and what you've seen with your students? Well, number one, it's... It's my passion. It's what I enjoy doing. And I've always been told, like, when you find something that you enjoy doing, you actually never work a day of your life. So it's it's 
it's a way that kind of keeps me stress-free because I get to do what I enjoy. And the other part of that is um, for my students is when they get to see me doing mm-hmm. those things on the stage or in theater or whatever, um, they are impacted because it validates what I teach in my classroom. Yeah. I actually had a student who came to the you show the other it, night. Right? Yes, yeah. exactly, yeah. who actually said that, articulated that in her own words. She was like, I love when I get to see you because it makes what you teach us so real, yeah. in her words. But I love it. Yeah, love and, it. And, and you know this, and I've, I've said this, and it's been in print now. Uh, for, for me, um, as a kid, just having that, that place to go escape and be around people who may or may not be like you and learn from them and learn from the characters that you inhibit for a good long while. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. It just um, it it brings more empathy. Yeah. You know, I'm a more empathetic person yeah. because of of this line of work that we get to do. And it just helps you to kind of see things for, from all perspectives. Yeah. And and just not the the. Social, social and emotional aspect of, of being in the theater, but just the physical activity that we go through too. Right? Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, and it's a it's a challenge. I think it keeps my mind sharp, mm-hmm. also. All right, so um, so I mentioned you're a cancer survivor, and I and I want to get into that. But first, for our listeners, I wanted to make sure that people know that the clinical recommendations for colorectal cancer screening have changed. So I want you to listen up for people who are at average risk. That means you don't have a family history of colorectal cancer or you aren't experiencing symptoms. You should be screened beginning at age 45. That's both for men and women, okay? And you can do that now with a non-invasive test at home. Or you can go and, and get a colonoscopy, and I know there's some fear associated with that for some people. But... Even if you, you're fearful of that, go and get a non-invasive screen, okay? And if you're at higher risk, which which means you need to be having these conversations with your family about whether there's a history there, um, then you need to go and talk to your doctor about getting screened earlier, okay? So I'm going to get off my soapbox now, and Seisha, for you, how does your survivor story begin? Well, so actually my survivor... Um Well, my cancer story begins before the age of recommendation. Yeah. Um, I was, and I don't tell my age, (laughs) but (laughs) I was experiencing symptoms um, in my mid-30s, is what I'll say, and um, had not had those conversations with my family, didn't know what's going on, but um, I was in tune with myself and with my body, I try to pay attention to everything that's going on. And when I experienced those symptoms, um, I immediately, immediately went to my doctor, uh, my primary care physician. And I want to give props to her because there was no delay. When I said what my symptoms were, she saw me immediately, made room for me that very day. And sometimes that's unusual. Yes. I've heard very different stories from very different people about you know, you're you're too young for this, mm-hmm. right? and mm-hmm. they get put off. Right. So, I mean, um, it was just so fortunate for me yeah. that I had a, a physician who listened. Mm-hmm. And um, the very day she scheduled me for a colonoscopy, mm-hmm. um, and I think that was within two weeks. That was within yeah. two weeks of, of experiencing the symptoms. And I went in for the colonoscopy, and um, from what they found, mm-hmm. um, I had to be scheduled for surgery. Wow. 
Um, I had a hemicolectomy, which means half of my colon was removed. Uh-huh. And then when the pathology came back, um, they discovered that I was already in stage three wow. of colon cancer. Wow. And um, and I will mention that my symptoms did not last very long. Yeah. So I that's important for people to hear. Exactly. So um, if I had not have paid attention and went ahead and went to my doctor and just ignored it, yeah. um, when it went away, I could have been in a very, very different place a year later. Absolutely. Going to stage four and then having a very different outcome. Mm. I'm so fortunate and blessed to say that I'm a survivor. Uh, I've um, hit the five year mark. So um, I'm I'm so blessed that I'm not having the experience that I did go through six months of chemotherapy. Okay. Um, and I tried to take every treatment um, seriously, but I tried to also live my life as normally yeah. as possible. Yeah, I was going to ask you about because you know, so, we've had a we've had a cancer scare in my family as well, and mm-hmm. I I know a little bit about the emotions, but. I haven't actually had it happen to me. So mm-hmm. what, are, what are those emotions like that you go through? Well, um, there are days when you are in utter disbelief sometimes. Yeah. I remember when um, I was first diagnosed in, in the appointment and I took my mother with me, who mm-hmm. was a nurse who had been nursing for 30 years. And um, because I needed someone who could kind of be still be in the moment and remember things yeah. that the doctor said, write down important things and know some of those terms that we don't know yeah. about, you know. And um, she was with me. And, and as soon as I heard the word cancer, it was like this ringing was in my ear. And I was just, no, she didn't say cancer. It's like possible. It's not possible, especially at my very young age. Yeah. You know, I didn't know about any other things that were happening in my family. Um, those discussions didn't come up until after my diagnosis. Yeah. And um, so I went through that first, and then it was an acceptance, and then I had to kind of go through the treatment, and the treatment was a gambit. Yeah. There were days where I was very anxious because of the uh, all of the medications, the steroids, yeah. the, all of the things that they give you. I I couldn't sit still, some days in pain, some days in fear. Yeah. Um, is this going to change the course of my career? Um, am I going to lose my hair? Is my appearance going to change? Yeah. All of the, the things. And for someone who's very attuned to her body, you know, that I'm sure that was Absolutely. another aspect of it. Then. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> so with that being said, um, the normalcy came in when, when I would go to treatment, I would beat my face. I mean, I would have my makeup done to the <laughs> nines. I made sure I walked in with my hair done, and I took a selfie every treatment. Sasha, I have no qualms <laughs> that that's exactly what you did. Because I needed to still see me. Yeah. I needed to still see me kind of shine through and, and be kind of a pillar of strength, even for all of the people who were around me. I had a great support system. Yeah. So um, church members, family Family members, and I initiated a conversation with all of my family members. I started calling cousins, yeah. aunts, uncles, um, and um, explaining what is happening. Please go and get screened. This is happening apparently yeah. in our family. So, um, and as a result of that, we had an aunt who we found out who was in wow. in stages of of colon cancer herself. So, I mean, it mattered that yeah. I shared you know, that experience with my family. But um, I had a great support support system, and um, everyone was there, and it mattered. People brought 
meals and and yeah. um, just we're, we're a great support system. Well, I'm yeah. I'm I'm glad you're still here. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to know what advice you would have for others who may be hesitant to get screened, and and then also what about for people who have 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 had a diagnosis and are going through treatment? Well, I guess number one, I think everyone needs to always have a sit down with their family yeah. and talk about their medical history. Um, what do we have going on? Do we have things going on in our family? Yeah. And that's, I mean, not even just for cancer, just for all yeah. of the other things that happen. Um, I think that's where we start. And then you can go on from there to determine, yes, let me go ahead and get screened early, mm-hmm. or I can wait till 45, but let's be, be sure that we, we do that. Yeah. And, I mean, get your friends and, and family involved. Maybe have a day where you, you just go and do that together, yeah. you know. Um, and then for someone who is going through treatment or has had that, that diagnosis, it is not over till it's over. <laughs> you know, um, get that support system around you. Get around people who want to you know, see you thrive, who are speaking positively in your life, you know, and there and know that there are going to be days, expect the days that you're not okay, because it's okay not to be okay. Yeah. Right. Um, And just learn how to to deal with that and do things that still uplift you. That's great. Yeah, that's great. So um, I I mentioned that you served as a Marine. So I want to know, how has your military training influenced, well, one, how you kind of dealt with, with all of this, but also with your own health and wellness? How has that carried through? Well. I know no. you're an early riser. <laughs> <laughs> I think one of the things was just the mere fact that I I was, am a Marine. I yep. mean, because I say am because once you're a Marine, you're always yeah. a Marine. <laughs> um, it just kind of empowered me and just gave me that fortitude that, hey, I've been through tough situations. Right. You know, I've prepared for wartime. This is war. Keep charging. You know, and keep charging ahead. Keep striving and fighting forward. Um, So that and um, it was a benefit to me that I had served because I was able to receive treatment at the VA. Yeah. And so that really mattered. Yeah. yeah. um, And still, um, I didn't have to worry about so much of the cost, which is so unfortunate for a lot of our um, people out there and listeners yeah. out there, um, because healthcare costs yeah. so much, and even preventive care mm-hmm. still costs you. But yeah. it's worth it, right. you know. Um, I tell people you're going to pay either in the end or the beginning, yeah. so it may as well be in the beginning. Go ahead and do what we need to do um, so that we can yeah. live great, healthy lives. Yeah. Yeah. And I know that probably your military training has kept you in the gym a lot. I know you got to don't you do a step class or something? like I that? I teach an extreme hip hop step class. Oh, yeah. Yes. But I'm still um, that class is at in the evenings. OK. I'm still up in the mornings <laughs> at 5 a.m. in the gym. I work with a trainer and I do my individual cardio workouts as well. Um, they just keep me going. They keep me energized because I also teach. You know, and so with the little ones, kindergarten through fifth grade, they expect energy. You yeah. have to be on you for those. Bring it. You have to bring <laughs> it. So if if um, I I have that boost of energy when I'm teaching them, and it it impacts my class because when I'm excited and energized, so are they. Yeah. Yeah. So talk. 
talking about some energy. There's a lot of energy in Memphis, so I want to just tell our, our listeners, I know it, so I don't, I don't want to say it, but tell our listeners, um, I, we know it runs from July 20, which is which was a couple of days ago mm-hmm. we started previews, and we have uh, opening on uh, uh, July 22nd. So tell us how, how, how folks can get tickets to the show. Oh, it's so easy. <laughs> the website is the name of the theater. That's right. Argenta Community theater.org. There you go. Get those tickets. Come and see us. It's a great show. You'll see the energy we've been talking about. And, and a lot of sweat, right? And a lot of sweat. <laughs> well, Seisha, thanks so much for coming on and, and sharing your story. It's it's impactful. It's very important, just like the story we're telling on stage. And um, it's important to, to continue to be an a, effective advocate, both within your family and, and now Hopefully for others, we can spread the word. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to Wonks at Work. You can listen to our bi-weekly podcast on our website, achi.net. A special thanks to the Bobby L. Roberts Library of Arkansas History and Art, which is a part of the Central Arkansas Library System for allowing us to use their studio to record. If you have any topics you would like for us to consider, please email us at achi at achi.net. As a reminder, the views, information, and opinions expressed by our podcast guests are solely those of the guests and do not necessarily represent those of the Arkansas Center for Health Improvement. The primary purpose of this podcast is to educate and inform. The podcast does not constitute medical, legal, or other professional advice or services. We hope you've enjoyed our latest episode And again, thanks for listening.